My name is Lila, and I'm excited to lead you this morning, speak from the scriptures, and um, I'm going to move these around for a second. Okay, so sometime in the next day or so, you're going to head back to school, to work, maybe visit with a friend, and we are all going to be asked some variation of the same question. How was your weekend? For many of us, the weekend represents a break from the ordinary. It's a time to recharge, to connect with others, maybe get some errands done, watch that show you've been missing out on, and hopefully experience a bit of adventure. And depending on who you are, your stage of life, your personality and passions, we will all experience weekends a little bit differently. Whether you're retired and every day feels like a weekend, or you've got like a demanding job or small kids and your week never ends, right? What helps make your weekends feel more meaningful? With COVID, navigating COVID the last year and a half, one of the, it's been challenging, but one of the very interesting like observations about it, especially way back in, you know, the first few months that we were navigating it, was just how the limiting of options available to us, especially um, for our downtime. So like it affected how we gather for church, where we could travel, how we connected with people. And what was interesting was seeing for some, it offered this like breathing room to our very fast paced, busy lives. And it offered, enabled some people to like have the space to pick up a new hobby, to connect with neighbors they'd like never gotten the chance to meet, or um, really just rest and have downtime and be still. This summer, the, both summers actually, <laughs> of 2020 and 2021, my husband and I realized we just would hit this summer breaking point of being with our two little kids and navigating working from home life. He said, like, we've never seen so much of each other and yet felt so disconnected. It just has been a hard season. And we started taking these week, weekend day trips to the beach. We would invest a little bit of gas money, drive a couple of hours to the coast, and um, it'd be like 40 degrees cooler. And we'd just spend four or five hours, really, with our kids just sitting at the ocean and having them play in the sand and just getting that breather this much-needed opportunity to feel refreshed. And even though we aren't really doing that in the fall schedule, we are still looking for ways to kind of catch our breath and get refreshed. There's a gift in the weekends. That need for refreshment, for connection, for something different, it runs deep and it drives that pursuit, that break from the ordinary, even if you have to practice creative measures to do so. This month, we've been asking this question through this series. We've been saying, how can I experience more of the Spirit in our everyday life? And we've explored that question through the lens of identity and who we are, through work and calling, and through relationships. And weekends can be this gift, but they can also reveal who we are, what we need, and what we value. And today, as we conclude the series, we'll look at the letter from the Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, and we'll, ex we'll continue to explore this theme of how can we experience more of the Spirit, more meaning in our everyday lives, including our downtime.
So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And just a reminder, so Ephesus, this letter to the people of Ephesus, the Ephesians, this, this is an ancient Greek, uh, community in Greece. It's located in modern-day Turkey, and it's a diverse community, but also a place where racial and cultural divisions were thick, especially within the church, this community of followers of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but when I picture like ancient times, I think of like, there's a picture, like dusty streets and, you know, the ancient column. I just, I think of robes and sandals and just a, a culture that feels really different than, than our like modern experience of life. And I just was, um, I came across this picture, and it's probably because I was researching and studying Ephesians, but it came up as one of those sponsored pictures on Facebook. I thought it was kind of creepy, but I was really surprised by the National Geographic did a modern, like a rendering of what this street in, in Ephesus might have looked like at the time. And here's the picture. And when I saw this, I just thought it was so like artsy and metropolitan, and I, I'm reminded like Ephesus was this port city where they had like there was just a diverse community and there was, there was um, a mishmash of beliefs and people. And I just, um, there's just something that surprised me about that, like connected to the art heart of mine. And it reminded me that like the concerns of racial and cultural strife, the concerns of navigating faith in culture, power struggles and community issues, these are like really relevant and, and relatable, and Paul speaks directly to those things in the book of Ephesians. And he writes this letter to a community about what it means to practice and live out faith in Jesus. And it's hard, and they need this letter. And so we pick up in ver chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, I want to unpack the, these couple verses with you a little bit. So Paul starts by saying, follow God's example, therefore. And in learning how to study the Bible, I learned this catchy little phrase that whenever you see the word therefore, you have to stop and ask, what's the therefore, therefore? So if you look back in Ephesians chapter 4, you see a little bit of what he was, um, what Paul was speaking to. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 32, it's this chunky little portion where Paul is like calling out the harmful and hurtful ways that this community of believers are treating each other. And there was a lot of fighting and backstabbing and judgment, and he basically says, this is my summary, stop. How you treat each other matters. How you treat others matters. And he concludes in verse four, chapter 4, 32, which is right before chapter 5, he concludes by saying, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive one another just as Christ God forgave you. And then he picks up in chapter 5, and he says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And it's in this moment of correction, he reminds them of their identity as dearly loved children. He could have said, now get it together, you all are leaders in the church. Or get it together, you're global witnesses to the gospel. And these are true, but 
But he says, remember, you are dearly loved children, secure in God's family. I remember this summer, I don't know if you were here, but uh, Andrew had preached, and at the end of his um, time, he led us in this kind of communal exercise of confessing our sins to one another. And it sounds intimidating, but it was anonymous, and it was communal, and it was really vulnerable. Um, But there was something really powerful of like writing something down I'd been holding onto, and and in in an act of like releasing it and confessing it to someone else and to the Lord. And there was, I remember what it was like to write my own confession. And I remember like the vulnerability of reading someone's anonymous confession. And there's something about Paul speaking this in this moment, in the midst of their hurtfulness and their brokenness and their pain, that they are dearly loved, that they are part of God's family. The truth is that who you are, even in your darkest moments, is dearly loved children of God. And I don't know about you, but I need to remember that. I need to remember that because I can often get caught up in this kind of like treadmill of just striving and striving. And if I do more and if I do better, then maybe God will see like I'm worth it. I'm good. And, and Paul cuts, that, cuts to that and just says, you are dearly loved. I wonder how many of us need to hear that. Like, you are dearly loved. Do you believe you're dearly loved by God? Or do you find yourself striving to achieve as a way to validate your worth to God? Well, Paul offers an alternative. In Ephesians 2, he continues, Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I love this phrase, walk in the way of love. I've been thinking about it for a long time. We looked at it a little bit last week, and it's this very catchy phrase, and it's, um, but it's also like a little bit vague. What does that mean? Like walk in the way of love. And if, again, if you look back at chapter 4, there's a contrast. Uh, the way, the, the phrase, the way, comes up a couple times, and it's used, um, referenced, Paul references it saying, leave your former way of darkness and walk in the light. So we have the way of love is almost like a juxtaposition to the way of darkness. And we know what this path looks like, this way of love, because Paul says, Christ walked that path. Christ walked the way of love. And at the end of verse 2, he says, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This way of love is marked by humble, selfless, and sacrificial love. Later, Paul continues in verse 8, he says, For you were once in darkness, and now you are light of the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Again, we see this juxtaposition or contrast of like darkness and light. And they're both distinct and different, and both bear fruit. The fruit of living as light of the Lord is goodness and righteousness, or like rightness, integrity, and truth. And the former is 
leaving a community, like being unkind, lacking compassion, not seeking forgiveness from each other. Later in verse 18, he continues, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And he's probably mentioning this because he's getting word like that's exactly what they're doing. And it's really hard to be a community that's loving and compassionate and making wise choices when they're like going out and getting plastered. But instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. And when, he, when I think of my own life, it's when I'm in that shame spiral or I'm avoiding a difficult conversation. Like my house is never a cleaner than when I'm mulling over just a wonky conversation or conflict. And I know I'm like avoiding having that conversation. Um, or when I'm just plain grumpy and, in a, and just dissatisfied with life and just, oh, everyone's in my way, right? And it's in those moments I'm most tempted to escape. And it's often in those moments when I find myself, whether it's in my downtime, on the weekend, whatever, like avoiding dealing with the very thing that God wants to be a part of. And what if, rather than assessing those broken places, those places where I feel like I can't measure up or I messed up or or I just feel like um, just that pressure point of pain or hurt or or, um, brokenness, like what if those are not evidence of how I've let others or God down, but what if those are actually invitations for us to be filled with the Spirit and invite intimacy and community with with God who like desires to heal and bless the broken areas. And maybe that's how we become light of the Lord in the lives of others. They say hurt people hurt people, and it's true. It's happening in this community in Ephesus. But what are the subtle ways that we can kind of be people who are just comfortable hurting other people? where we write off others or we, we just are comfortable with making judgments and, um, and just, yeah, like um, othering those that don't think like us, that don't look like us, that don't believe like us. Where are we holding on to bitterness and avoiding pursuing, conver- uh, pursuing forgiveness in relationships that, um, that are weighing on us and... Where are we justifying, like, this lack of compassion in our hearts? Where do we kind of just sit in comfort saying, like, I don't need to be kind to those people. There are reasons. Paul says, if we are following Christ's example, if we are walking in the way of love, if we are living as light, then the fruit of that in our lives is goodness, righteousness, and truth. To be kind, compassionate, and forgiving is really hard. And we need the Spirit to help us to do so. To follow the example of Christ's humble, selfless, and sacrificial love. And to remember that if we are dearly loved and how deeply we need to like, own that truth, then so is everyone else. So is that person that we have just a hard time getting along with at the office. And so is that, like, driver that just took your parking spot. Happened to me yesterday. Like, 
the, the family member that you haven't talked to since you got in a fight with, or um, the people group in the news store, or like that news story that's got you riled up. Like, they are also dearly loved children. And how does that help grow our compassion when we can, like, let that truth sink in? This past year, I found myself avoiding a hard conversation. I mean, it's been a crazy couple of years, so there's like many hard conversations I've been avoiding. But this one started to like, I started to feel that bitterness grow. And it was after a conversation in a, like a group meeting where um, someone kind of made an assessment of like something I had led, and I just got really hurt by that. I felt like it was unfair. It just... I mean, I think my feelings were just hurt because I just, my ego or something. And, um, and I knew I kind of had an option. I could, um, I could like wait for the right moment that just will never come. Or I could kind of question my own need, like, ah, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I can move on. Um, but every time I like was around this person, I just, I felt it again. And I realized like, I gotta have that hard conversation. And um, I had just trained, like in my work, uh, this leadership team I lead, I had like trained on how to give and receive feedback, constructive feedback. And then I just felt like God was like, go do what you just said to do. And so I did. I it was risky, it felt vulnerable. This was someone in a, a position different than mine. And I just, it felt really um, vulnerable. But I was so grateful I pressed into this hard conversation. We met up for coffee, and I was able to share, like, this is what I experienced. This is what was hurtful. And can you help me understand? Will you unpack where you were coming from? Because I want to understand, but I also want to be honest about how that impacted me. And over coffee, we got to hear each other. We got to, I was able to um, better understand where this person was coming from, but also, um, offer forgiveness when, um, when she asked for it. And I left feeling more free. And I'm so glad I didn't just like feed the bitterness monster because I can do that <laughs> and, um, and find ways to justify it. And this is like the paradox. My compassion for this person grew like because we pressed into this hard conversation. There's something about that being like in a needy place where we, I needed God's help to help have this hard conversation. And through that, like it, it helped us move one step closer towards experiencing um, a better quality relationship and friendship. Living lives of peace and integrity is both good for the community and it's also good for us. And it's a high calling like walking in the way of love and living a life where the fruit is goodness, righteousness, and truth, that is a high calling. And we cannot do it alone. And in fact, we aren't called to. We are called to pursue communion with the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, and to be equipped to work that out, and to also remember that we are all travelers on this path, this way of love. And there's a grace and um, freedom knowing that. Like, we can kind of press into the messiness of, of community when we realize, like, oh, we're all working this out in real time. 
So where do you need the Spirit to help you walk in the way of love? To be kind, compassionate, forgiving, just as we've been forgiven. Paul reminds us that we are equipped with the Spirit and we're able to pursue that because of the Spirit. Um, but what is it for you? And where, like, where is a place in your life that you um, need, really, the Spirit to heal those um, areas that are broken? And I, I want to invite the, I'm going to transition us into a time of response, of ministry time. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and, and um, play, and, um, and we'll have a chance to respond with prayer. But really, that's the biggest question we've been engaging in. Like, how do I live a life with the Spirit? How do I live my everyday life in, with the Spirit? And um, I think that rather than seeing this, this message as like, the fourth thing of like identity, calling, relationships, and, and the weekend, like how we, how we spend our downtime. But like, I think it's the, the driver of how we live out those other things. And for some of us, we can't even think of like living as light of the Lord if we are not even grasping how deeply loved we are by God. If we are, are just kind of still seeing God as this person, deity with a checklist that's like just marking all the good deeds and, and putting in a red mark where, where there isn't, and just that, that we can't even experience intimacy with the Spirit unless we drop that idea and just experience the lavish love of God, where God is, who says like, you are dearly loved child of mine. Or for some of us, we are like striving and working and kind of running ourselves ragged. And, um, and we, like there's this, maybe the Spirit is inviting you to take a breath and to, um, and to rest in that truth. For others of us, maybe there's a relationship that just is hard right now or in, in pain, experiencing pain. And, um, and God is saying to you, like, be forgiving, pursue forgiveness, be an agent of reconciliation, um, or even just come to me with that hurt. Stop avoiding it. Stop binge watching Netflix <laughs> and talk to me.